Welcome to the Church Leadership Podcast, your weekly source for encouraging and equipping local church leaders with your hosts, Mark Ganey and Andy Frazier. In each episode, Andy and Mark sit down with church leaders that you should know. We believe these honest conversations will be helpful and encouraging to you as you lead the local church. Here is this week's episode. Welcome to episode number 106 of the Church Leadership Podcast. We are so thrilled that you have joined us for today's episode, and I'm excited. We get a return guest in here that's a friend of ours uh, who was way back on episode four, and it's going to be such an encouragement to you. This conversation really, has, it, it helped me, so I'm excited about you being a part of this conversation. Really, that's our mission. Every episode of the podcast, our mission is to encourage and equip you to lead in your local church. And today's episode certainly is going to do that. Before we get to that conversation, though, I want to remind you to subscribe to our podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, it's really easy. Just hit the subscribe button right now and then hit that notification bell. That way you'll be notified every time a new episode airs. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or Spotify, there's a way also to subscribe through that podcast listening app. We encourage you to do that. We don't want you to miss a single episode because we believe every single conversation is encouraging and can help equip you to lead in local church. You can also rate our podcast while you're in those places. Leave a review, leave a comment on on uh, Facebook or YouTube. That, it, that really helps us. You can rate the podcast really easily as well. Go to ratethispodcast.com slash CLP and uh, that helps us get the word out about the podcast. So we thank you for doing that. And we really, we value your feedback. We encourage you to, to get in touch with us at contact at churchleadershippodcast.com. We want to hear from you. We want to hear leaders you want to hear interviewed on the podcast, topics you want us to cover. That really helps us make this podcast be what it is and really to, to you know, kind of create it and form it to what you want it to be. So we're so thankful for you, Church Leadership Podcast Nation. Now, here is today's conversation. Well, Mark, let's get to it. Uh, it's another great episode that we are looking forward to sharing with our viewing and listening audience. And we have a return guest. We have our friend, Dr. Chris Crane, who is the executive director of the Birmingham Metro Baptist Association. You may remember Chris from episode four. As a matter of fact, for a long time, and it may still be, Mark, it's one of our most listened to episodes here on the Church Leadership Podcast. So we are glad that Chris has taken time out of his schedule to join us, and we're looking forward to the conversation we're going to have today. It's going to be awesome. Chris, thanks for joining us. It's an honor, and it's great to be back with you guys. Yes, episode four, way back, and uh, and he actually decided that it's okay to come back. Um, now, look, things are different. If you go all the way back to episode four, you'll notice we are in the office with Chris, and we are via Zoom now, uh, and you know, COVID has changed things. Obviously, things are loosening up a little bit. But, uh, but we're still, you know, maintaining social distance as much as possible. But I want to talk a little bit about that, Chris, because you have become over, over the years, uh, fortunately or unfortunately, an expert on something that we all do, and that's church conflict. And I think COVID has even kind of changed the way conflict happens. I, I think about how many leaders we've heard from that, that that conflict almost went away or at least lessened when COVID hit because we were focused on the mission, believe it or not. And, and making sure that we continued as a church. And so people kind of unified together against a pandemic. And then slowly over time, or sometimes quickly, that conflict came back. And as more and more people are being vaccinated, coming back to church, as more and more church 
uh, churches are opening their doors that conflicts returning um, because where there are people, there's conflict oftentimes. And so I wanted to ask you, do you, you feel like COVID has amplified that and how, how common is serious conflict in our day and age? That's a great question, Mark. Um, you look at uh, studies that have been done over the last 20 years dating back to uh, 2000, several major studies and they all point to a range about 25 to 36% of churches go through major conflict over a period of four years. So you, you drive by a series of churches on a, on a country road, you, you, you can anticipate that one or two of those out of five, they've gone through some serious conflict over the past few years. And that's sad. I mean, there, there's certainly a toll to that that we could talk about, but you amplify that now with COVID-19 and this pandemic, it's truly uh, gone up a whole different level. Uh, here's what we're finding. There are uh, three major groups in churches now that are converging uh, after kind of the midpoint and what, what is to come after the pandemic. One of those, I call them the faithful outsiders. They've been invested in their church. They love their church. They want to see it flourish, but they've not been able to be there. And so they've been watching their church from home on their computer or They've been getting a newsletter, and from afar, they see that their church is changing, and that brings anxiety and fear, and they're afraid there's some new and unlearnable skill that they have to have to re-engage with their church, and so they're wondering, what's going on? Uh, things have changed. We don't do business meetings the way we used to. We're not having small groups the way we used to, so those faithful outsiders have the anxiety and concern, and then there's a second group that I call the faithful insiders, and right after the shutdowns ended, they re-engage with their church as quickly as possible, and I equate them to the older brother in the prodigal son story. They, they've been there with the father. They've been there at the church. Uh, they've stayed engaged, and they're part of a small and diminishing group that's keeping things going, and there's a little bit of bitterness and concern there. You know, what are we going to do? And then you throw in this third group, and this third group, uh, they are this new online con uh, congregation that Many small and medium-sized churches, or I would call them normal-sized churches, they, they've never had that before, but pastors have been ministering to 300, 400, 500 hits a week, and this has been a super ministry, but now how do we incorporate them into the body life of the church? So you, you bring all those converging elements, and you have a recipe for potential conflict. It's, it's inevitable whether we want to acknowledge the fact that conflict is part of the life of a church, because we Baptists, we have opinions. We are not scared to share our opinions. I've often said where there are two Baptists in a room, there are probably three opinions about something. So, and right now people may knowingly or unknowingly have such a different opinion on how we're doing things or what ministry looks like or how different the church may be. You're right. There's there's inevitable conflict that's going to come out of such a major crisis that we've had to endure. What do we do if we just keep on and we just ignore the elephant in the room? Maybe some major problems that go unaddressed. What happens? What are the consequences of not addressing conflict, Chris? Andy, I see three major uh, huge consequences of not addressing conflict in a local church. And one of those is the black eye the church gets in the neighborhood, in the community. I mean, guys, it's hard enough to reach people today in this changing culture. People are more standoffish to the church. They're more skeptical. 
and, and then they hear from a neighbor or a community uh, member or from a family member that there's conflict at the church, I'm going to tell you, frankly, they're not going. They don't want to be a part of that because they've got enough drama in their life, and they don't want to be a part of that in, in their own community. So that's one of the, the major issues. It's going to shut the door on new people coming in to the body of the church. Second, and this is huge because I deal with this as uh, associational leader and uh, working with the Birmingham Metro Association and around this area. You know, if you don't address conflict, often leaders are the ones who are shipwrecked, like pastors and staff members. Their resume is marred because they've come up against an antagonist in the church, someone that people in the church won't deal with. Uh, maybe the deacons won't address it, and this person is a perpetual uh, problem, a rock in the shoe of that leader. And eventually that pastor or leader, they've had enough and they leave or they I've seen this happen quite a bit, even in COVID, they are forced to resign and it's not an ethical issue. It's not a biblical issue. It's frankly, they've made the wrong person angry by a decision that probably had to be made. And so they become the scapegoat. And that is a really difficult thing. And, and then this third one, it, it breaks my heart because uh, you think about a church that goes into foreclosure or bankruptcy. A third thing is often this spiral of conflict that goes so low that the church loses a lot of key leaders. Some of those may be key givers and the church just can't make it anymore. And financially they're bankrupt. And I've seen it happen. The church facility, if they have a, a, a mortgage, they're foreclosed on. So those are three good reasons to address conflict in the church. That's, that is fantastic because I think as you talk, we can all relate to those. Yeah. And, you know, there's one term that we've probably all heard. We've all experienced it. I mean, as you're talking, I'm thinking, yeah, I've been, I've been at that church that has a bad reputation and we've tried to repair it. Um, you probably know, know about that a little bit, Chris, but I think the, the church bully, right? I've experienced that. Um, I've been in a church where there were two church bullies at the same time. And man, they, they worked really well together. So, and some of the people watching, listening, probably experienced that. So what, what is a church bully? How do you deal with that as a pastor and as leader? Well, that's a great question. I, I would recommend to any church leader wa uh, listening or watching this podcast that they pick up a classic book on this. It's called The Antagonist in the Church by a gentleman named Kenneth Houck, H-A-U-G-K. And it was produced by Stephen Ministries. And that book is so uh, eye-opening. When you read it, you think, I know this person. And often I've gone into a group of leaders and I've shared about church bullies, also called an antagonist in a church. And uh, maybe the next day or a few days later, I'll get a call and, and they will say, I know that guy. You know, I know that lady in our church. I, I've experienced them. And I'm waiting on that call uh, Mark, when it's the actual bully that says, I know I'm that guy, or I know that I'm that lady, I'd love to have that because I know the spirit of God is working on them. But, you know, in short, a bully is someone, they, they're either passive aggressive, you know, they know how to build alliances behind the scenes, they know how to make things happen without being overt, or they're very aggressive. Maybe they have a very winsome personality, and they use that for their own uh, wants and needs. 
uh, or they could have a very aggressive personality that brings about fear. And these people have insatiable, insatiable demands. What they want, you can never fulfill. And they, they charge after what they think should happen in the church to the detriment of listening to the Holy Spirit or the leadership that God has placed in the church. So if you have someone like that and you, you're pretty certain they're a bully, know this, you cannot uh, continue to uh, compensate for them. You can't continue to be a coward. The only way to address a church bully is just like a bully on the playground. Somebody has to stand up and do the right thing. Now, you're not advocating saying, catch me outside. How about that? No. But what you are advocating <laughs> is saying, hey, here's what God's word says and how we are to act and behave and operate. You need to do this. And you need to have in some way, shape, or form, some other leaders who probably are on your side and have your back to do that. That's very, very important. Yeah, it's it's true. I mean, certainly physical violence is never the answer, but um, having a, a forceful stand on what is true and what is right. Let me just give you an example. You, you've heard of the superbug MRSA. Uh, it is dangerous. It is deadly. Uh, really, antibiotics are not very effective. And so the only way, according to infectious disease doctors, at least what I've read as, as a layman, uh, the only way you can deal with it is to clean your house because it's, it spreads pretty easily and sanitize and scrub. And unfortunately, when it relates to church bullies and antagonists, there's no, there's no pill, magic formula that's going to make them calm down or get rid of their influence you basically have to, to deal with it and have good conflict hygiene in your church. You just can't let that stain or that, uh, that bacteria lie around. You have to address it and get it scrubbed out. And sometimes, unfortunately, that means that antagonist may need to move on if they're not willing to repent. Yeah. And the good news is with COVID, hopefully that's given you a better opportunity to do some cleaning and scrubbing. And uh, maybe, maybe your church hopefully is, is better able to address that, that antagonist now. And, and just look, be ready. Leaders, be ready. Because as we open up the churches, they're coming back, probably. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe God has, has scrubbed that, that, church, that church bully for you. But, but be ready to biblically and helpful, you know, in a healthy way deal with that. So. Absolutely. Yeah. How, how does it, how does a pastor or a church leader, Chris, we've talked about the fact that there is conflict. I mean, it's, it's going to happen. Most churches are going to experience it on some level and we shouldn't ignore it. We we've got to address it the right way biblically. And then there are going to be people that we have to deal with, unfortunately, that, that we would rather not deal with, but it's necessary. How does a pastor or church leader prepare themselves for conflict and how do they walk through that in, in a way that honors God and helps the church? Absolutely. I, I think there's, there are three foundational concepts that a pastor needs to instill within himself and also within his church culture. And the first is the fact that conflict is going to happen. It's inevitable. Um, and it may be just functional conflict. You know, we we have different ideas. We have a multidisciplinary team that works on a project or a ministry in our church. And just by virtue of them being different and diverse, there's going to be conflict, but that can be used for the good of the church. 
And so I think pastors need to understand just because their idea may be challenged or people have different perspectives, that's normal. It's like my wife says, if we always agree on everything, one of us is unnecessary. Right. So just keep that in mind. It's inevitable. It's going to happen. Second concept is, is we need to come to the point where we as leaders, and we put this in the culture of our church, realize that when conflict begins, when we see it happening, we need to be introspective. It's like what David prayed in Psalm 139. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Mm. Try my anxious ways and see if there's any way of wickedness in me. And, and I think that's so important. We, we often automatically jump to the conclusion it's somebody else's problem. But we need to always make sure that we take the beam out of our eye before we try to remove the speck from our brother's eye. So it's, it's inevitable. We need to be introspective about it. You know, and also we need to understand that as leaders who are called by God, we are called to the ministry of reconciliation. And we're called to reconcile what the world would call intractable. Intractable conflict means it's, it's at a deadlock. It doesn't move. So we're called to address that because I, I, Paul says in 2 Corinthians that we have been given this ministry of reconciliation and we have this message of reconciliation and certainly that's God reconciling the world through Jesus but if we're truly reconciled to him and we're saved we want to be reconciled to our brothers and sisters so I think those three different concepts if we can get those in us and in our culture at the church we're ready and we're we're going to be better equipped to address conflict amen and that that is so helpful and I think I love every time we, we talk with you, Chris, every time that we get to have a conversation, um, we're coming away with practical steps that we can put into practice right now. And uh, man, we appreciate that. There may be somebody um, watching or listening to podcast today that is going to be able to use some of these steps, but maybe they're in crisis mode right now. You know, they don't have a Chris Crane to call and they're struggling. Uh, they, they, they're ready just to not just to call it quits at the church. They're ready to hang up their ministry soup and say, I'm done. I'm tired of it. I'm burned out. I, I can't do, I can't deal with this anymore. And conflict has really gotten, gotten them to a point of crisis. And so I guess to close out our time together, I, I want to ask you, Chris, how would you encourage that pastor and that leader who's ready just to call it quits? Who's ready to say, I'm done because I'm tired of this conflict. And, you know, how would you encourage them, first of all, in that situation, but also how would you encourage them to maybe prevent it in the future? Absolutely. That's a great question, Mark. And I want to confess to you, I, I, am a, uh, I am a growing disciple in trying to help people resolve conflict. And that includes my own conflict and what conflict I am a part of. So I, I don't have it uh, nailed down and all the questions answered in my own heart and life. I'm still growing, but I will tell you this, when I've gotten into serious conflict, I found it good to pull away for a season, maybe a few days and cool off. I mm. think that's so essential. And when I've done that, I found that listening to music, exercising, spending time in the word of God, praying. And here's one that's very important, talking to a friend and preferably you want to talk to someone like you two guys a non-anxious presence who is really quick to listen. And I know that's hard to find these days, <laughs> people talking. 
And we need to find good listeners that we can talk to. And often when we talk through the issues in a conflict, uh, we listen to ourselves speak. Uh, God begins through his Holy Spirit to show us some ways that we can more appropriately respond. So I hope that helps someone out there who may be really frustrated. And always think about this. Maybe you're trying to deal with this conflict. You, you go straight to Matthew 18 and it, it's not working. You need to bring along that other person because there is this third party principle. And this is important. You know, often when there's a lot of emotion involved or people are really passionate about the subject or the concepts involved in the conflict, it's good to have someone else come in because it just helps to calm down the room because you behave. You know, someone is here, they're a guest, and you begin to kind of lay some of the emotions aside and deal with the material issues that are at hand. So I, I pray that that's helpful, Mark. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think, I think that's something that all of us can hold on to. Because look, it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter where you pastor. All of us have been to that point where we're like, I don't know if I can do this another minute. Andy and I, we talk all the time. I mean, there's, there's been times where, you know, we ask ourselves, how did I get myself in this mess and how can I get out of this as quickly as possible? But I think those things are so encouraging, especially that, that encouragement just to slow down, take some time away, because the truth of the matter, we all know this. We just need to be reminded God has you there for a reason and a purpose and it's for his glory ultimately. And, uh, and he's got something he's trying to do in that. So I think that that is super helpful um, to all of those, whether you're a volunteer or a pastor listening. Yeah, I believe today was a great reminder that we are brothers and sisters in Christ. I mean, if by faith, through grace in Jesus, you are saved, we have ground to be united on. We have the same spirit, the same savior, the same mission. And though we might have minor disagreements, we don't need to let those minor things become major. Uh, the, the culture we live in, the climate of things, it is so divided, so tense. What the world needs is a church united uh, under the right. same Savior with the same mission. And dealing with conflict the right way will help us become more united. So, Chris, thank you. Thank you for taking time. I think what we've talked about today sounds like a pretty good book, if you ask me. Uh, so, uh, I, I know it's going to help a lot of people who listen to today. As a matter of fact, this is going to be an episode. I make sure that I, I have some specific people that I share this with. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I probably need to listen to it myself. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, be with you. Yeah. Thanks, man. We appreciate it. And thanks again to all of those who are watching and listening. And, uh, we know that today's conversation is going to be an opportunity for you to be encouraged and equipped to better lead in the local church. And we'll see you next time. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Church Leadership Podcast. Don't forget to share, subscribe, and even review our podcast on your favorite podcast listening app.